Thanks for joining us. Sports, of course, brings us a lot of pleasure and entertainment, sometimes heartbreak, but it's also an important economic engine here in Northeast Ohio. We have our professional teams and a number of events that take place, most recently the NBA All-Star Game. On today's edition of The Landscape, we thought we'd hold a sports forum, and I'm going to turn things over to our moderator, Joe Scalzo, who's going to introduce our special guests and talk about the state of sports here in Northeast Ohio, not only what the teams are doing, but as equally important, what it means for us economically. Joe, it's all yours. Well, thanks. And, and uh, we have two great guests joining us today, uh, Len Kamarowski from the Cavaliers and David Gilbert from Destination Cleveland and the Greater Cleveland Sports Commission. And David is joining us by phone. Couldn't do it. Here's a picture of him, though, if you want to <laughs> see him. But, uh, but, you know, Len and David, why don't you take a second to just kind of d- describe, you know, what, what you do, just so people that are familiar with you can, can, uh, can know a little bit more about you. Well, David, you want to tee, tee us up here? Uh, sure. Um, so I'll really talk specifically about my role at, at Greater Cleveland Sports Commission. We're a nonprofit organization, been around 20 years, and we are a, an economic development entity uh, for the region. And what we do in practice is we compete against other cities from around the country, uh, sometimes around the world, for the rights to host large events in and championship type of events uh, in Cleveland. And, um, and then we get very involved and engaged in running and managing parts or all of those events once they're in Cleveland with the goal of making them more successful here than they would be elsewhere. Um, and we, on average, may host somewhere uh, 8 to 10, sometimes up to 12 national events a year. You have major ones that people know about, again, NBA All-Star, things of that nature. It might be the World Yo-Yo Championship or the U.S. Synchronized Swimming Masters Nationals. Um, and and certainly the, the key ingredient for all of them as it relates to the community are the outside dollars they bring in to Cleveland that generates money in people's pockets, generates uh, jobs, uh, and then, of course, you also have increasing the, the enhanced perception of Cleveland and and with many of the events, some some tremendous national media attention as well. And I'm uh, I'm Len Kamarowski. I'm the CEO of the Cavaliers Rock and Mortgage Fieldhouse and our Rock Entertainment Group, which is our umbrella entity for sports entertainment and Dan Gilbert's uh, family of companies. Uh, our, uh, our, our group also includes, as you all well know, the Cavaliers as a cornerstone for everything we have going on. But in addition to that, the Cleveland Monsters, the Cleveland Charge, who now play up at the Holstein Center, moved up from Canton, and then also Cavs Legion. Uh, and then on, on top of that, uh, as well, with the Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, we book the venue, uh, have over 200 uh, live events that occur here, ticketed events and over 1,400 private events. And proud to say that we are the 27th most active live entertainment venue in the world and the, among the most highest performing per capita buildings in the world as well. So a lot going on here at all times at the Fieldhouse uh, as we as we move forward. Yeah. And, and, and Len, let's start there because this month in particular, I think is the big, busiest for Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse since the transformation in uh, before the pandemic, and I think you have 35 events 
this month, 35 or 35 games, maybe it is. You had the Mac tournament, you have concerts like New Edition, I think Tool was there, you have Cavs games. Um, so tell me about like just having such a busy month coming out of it, you know, two years after the pandemic, what does it mean and how much planning goes into a month like this? Well, uh, March is always our busiest month. So, and when I say that we have more events than we have days. So this March we have 35 events in 30 days. Uh, and it is just crazy. We're, first of all, we're blessed. We have a, uh, changeover crew that is able to allow us to afford us to be able to do double headers. So we very often will have a monsters game at noon and a, and a Cavs game at, you know, seven 30 or whatever the case may be on weekends. So it enables us to have multiple events on a, uh, on, on a, on a, on a weekend date. Uh, and then you have events such as we have the second longest running, uh, neutral site basketball tournament in the country, collegiate basketball tournament country with the Mid-American Conference Tournament here. And now we'll be entering our third, 23rd year as we move forward uh, with that second only to the Big East. And of course, when that happens, you have, you know, four games in a day that'll take place. So it's, it's, it's crazy, our, you know, having Mac Madness here as well. But uh, we are really blessed to have a changeover crew because it's not every building has a group of that nature that has that type of uh, capability uh, to be able to afford us that that luxury. But, you know, the other part of it is when you think about this and you think about, uh, and we, we went through this sort of process with the county as we went through the transformation and what they had pointed out to us is the uh, Rock and Mortgage Fieldhouse is the largest driver of economic activity of any venue in uh, Northeast Ohio. And just alone, our part-time staff alone this month, and uh, month of March, work over 50,000 hours. So you think about that. And I remember going through talks in the AFL-CIO, talking with them as well about the impact of uh, how meaningful those jobs are within our, within our marketplace and the impact that they have overall. Uh, and so it's, uh, and I look at a week, we have an incredible week going on. We have a five game homestand with the Cavs. We have some Monsters games mixed in. We have the Eagles. Uh, we've got Tool in concert, literally cadence of Sixers, Eagles, Nuggets, Pistons, Tool, Lakers. And, uh, and, and the, the beauty of the building is since it's fully digital now, it, it could look totally unique based on whatever event it is. So, you know, a, a, an Eagles concert's a little bit different than a Cavs game. And thematically, we can make the, the building feel special for whatever event is there. So, so we have, uh, again, uh, thanks for that question. Cause you know, we always look forward to March cause it's always, uh, you know, more, more events than days. And, uh, but that's a great thing for downtown Cleveland too. And David, why don't you chime in a little bit too? I mean, obviously two years ago, we were in a very different place and now to see, um, Cleveland this busy and it's specifically rock and mortgage field house this busy. It's gotta be, uh, encouraging for you guys as well. Well, you know the the um, the industry that's that is is most affected by these type of events is everything around travel, tourism, hospitality, and um, it's it's a, a an industry that um, arguably the most affected industry in uh, the country, if not the world, um, during the pandemic. And you know we we just saw so many businesses close temporarily, permanently restaurants, hotels, retail, um, the effect on even things like Uber and Lyft and airlines and others. And, and these types of events cause incredible infusions of cash 
to allow uh, these businesses to get back on their feet, um, in some cases be the impetus for new businesses opening. And, uh, and I can tell you, we certainly heard it you know, during All-Star Week of, you know, that, that it, it absolutely made people's years. And, and incredible when you, when you, you know, when hearing Len talk about those numbers of events, the majority of those people are spending uh, uh, the vast majority money outside of the arena. So not only are they supporting all those jobs in the arena, but they're, they are, are spending money throughout downtown and the rest of our region every time one of those events takes place. And so it, it, they, are, they are so important to our, our local economy. And, and it, you know, it, there, there is, you know, the health of so many of those businesses absolutely directly related to the, the, these types of events uh, being held in the arena and elsewhere throughout our community. You know, if I can, and I can just build off of that real, real quickly, Joe, with that is, so just for example, with uh, the month of March, we'll have sold over 250,000 tickets. So we have 250,000 people come downtown. And uh, for, uh, you know, Cavaliers games, you'll have uh, upwards of over 50% of those people are coming outside of Cuyahoga County. So you think about the metro area as it relates to that for concerts and events of that nature it'll be uh, over 60%. You'll have people make their way from Mansfield and other locations as well uh, to, to make those treks to see someone like the Eagles or Tool or whatever on that end. And then you have events like we had with All-Star or with the MAC. You know, the MAC uh, is pulling people from all over a multi-state region and, uh, and you know, using, our, using, again, the hotels and the restaurants and the like. So, the, 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 real, the essence of it is, is how do you have a healthy core in a region? And, uh, and what, are those, what are those impetuses to help you with that healthy core? And when you're looking at uh, standing up a hospitality community, having those magnet entities that will bring people from around the region to, uh, uh, to an area, a downtown area like Cleveland, to help sustain that economy on a sustained basis, on a continual basis. And that's where all the you know, all the great venues that we have downtown work together and we're blessed to have a, a concentration of them, you know, not only in sports, but in theater and otherwise as well. But uh, just to point that out about the, the, the fact that a majority of those folks are, are coming from on a regional basis to come downtown, not just within the city proper. Yeah, and Joe, I, I added on even more because Len is 100 percent right. And you know, it, it's easy to talk about and visualize and understand you know, those 250,000 ticket buyers supporting hotels, restaurants, and so on. But there's something also very important for a city like Cleveland that that has has worked to maintain its prominence as a major city uh, in our country, um, battling perception issues. You know, having these, the, our pro sports teams, having these events helps keep a community um, in a national consciousness. We also know from a lot of research that those who visit Cleveland have a higher perception of the community than those who haven't. So, you know, it, it, it's also not a stretch at all to, to make the case that not only does having these events and bring these outside people in support, directly support the businesses in which they spend their dollars that otherwise wouldn't have been spent there, but also long-term helps every industry in our community as Cleveland looks to, you know, bolster its population, increase its talent. It makes us a better place to live and a better place to work. 
Yeah, and, and, and you know, obviously, when you were talking about drawing from the region, it, uh, an event like the NBA All-Star Game creates a, a, a national drawing, but it's also international. And, you know, you talk about enhancing your perception. I would think that, you know, as, as great as a MAC tournament is or an Eagles concert is, there's nothing that's going to compare to something like the NBA All-Star Game and kind of getting you on that national, international stage. Because you could speak to just how, how much of an impact an event like that can make for the city of Cleveland. Well, and, and, and well put. I mean, we, I guess uh, just even to, to step back a quick second with it, when you look at the international landscape, the two most widely played team sports in the world are soccer and basketball and uh, played on every continent. Uh, in soccer, we're, we're familiar with the Premier League and the Bundesliga and Serie A and La Liga and all these super leagues. Uh, but, uh, you know, in, in basketball, there's only one super league, and that's the NBA. 25% of the players in the NBA are international players. Uh, the NBA is, is uh, broadcast in 215 countries and territories, as was All-Star Weekend. It, it was broadcast in a record 60 languages. When you think about uh, on that front, just in social media alone, just in social media platforms, over 620 million views. And no, it's estimated up to when you aggregate all the different digital media, social and broadcast platforms, up to 2 billion people actually uh, consumed all-star content for the, the overall weekend. Uh, it, it over, you know, we had over 400 international media. It was incredible when you look at it. So it's really a window to the world for, for Cleveland. So we all are familiar with those broadcasts, right? We watched the, the telecast and and uh, the, the beauty of it is they'll have these interstitials that are going in and out of the broadcast, which in a lot of cases for people that forms their definition of what they, they see Cleveland. They'll see shots of the Rock Hall. They'll see shots of Public Square, of, of Playhouse Square, of the, the, of the, uh, the shoreline, you know, the, just in terms of the skyline. All these beauty image shots and images of great scenes, West Side Market, of Cleveland, that uh, I, I can't tell you how many times we've gone and had international games or talked to international partners, whether it be in China or Brazil, they'll refer to these beautiful images of Cleveland because that's that's their window to what they see internationally. And you know what? It looks terrific <laughs> because it is, right? It's, there's substance there in, in being able to uh, extend that out. So there's always, you know, there's the economic impact, which, you know, David and his organization do a phenomenal job of tracking, which you know, we had initial estimates of over 100 million, which it looks like it's going to be well north of that. But really, it's uh, that that international lens that uh, an event like All Star and, and All Star Weekend for the NBA is the most highly viewed worldwide event outside of uh, in, in conjunction with the finals. So it gives you that type of uh, sense. And we we had the great fortune of you know having an All Star Weekend that. Uh, was the 75th anniversary of our league. So when you, you look at uh, the fact that we had the 50th back in 97, and you know with that honoring the top 75 players of all time and having that confluence of players together, which we may never see together again like that, but it just added an extra exclamation point to this All-Star Weekend. And we've already, uh, you know, working with David and team, we've already registered with Adam Silver, our commissioner, that we want the 100th here in Cleveland as well. Why not? We'll just... We'll just take. We're just going to take all the golden anniversaries. So we're going to mark it down now. <laughs> exactly. Already booking it. You know, Joe. The other thing with the All Star Game that that 
is not going to show up in the numbers and, and their when said their unbelievable numbers. So many of these people are incredible influencers that can make a difference in the future of Cleveland. You know, the, the, the NBA, um, you know, they, for instance, they hold a tech summit, a very, a very um, prized event to take part of uh, during during NBA All-Star. And you know, one night at dinner, two tables over with Sheryl Sandberg, the COO of Meta and Facebook. Be there. Those types of people are in town seeing your community. And I'm aware of a number of different meetings that that um, uh, local leaders had with outside influencers uh, to talk to them about doing business in Cleveland when those people otherwise would never have been here. Um, you know, there was an event <clears throat> at the city club. The mayor was Mayor Bibb was uh, up on stage with Baron Davis, you know, former Cavs player, former All Star. Uh, and and now a, a Silicon Valley tech entrepreneur, and they announced, and they only met during the All Star. They announced that they're going to work together on a future Black Tech Summit in Cleveland. And I mean, that's a, that's an awesome thing that that this event brought influencers to town that otherwise wouldn't have been here, and many leaders in town, including our mayor, went out of their way to make sure they connected with a lot of these folks in order to generate future resources for our community. And those are the things that we're not going to see short term in the numbers, as great as the numbers are. But it's going to it's going to have this event will have a long tail for Cleveland in terms of its impact and influence. You know, and David, just to build off of one point you made earlier that that ties to that as well is about the you know about the fact that people who have visited Cleveland have a much higher opinion than those who have not. And the same resonated with those influencers and people who had within our community, within the sports entertainment world and the business world uh, that tend to convene around events like this. And All-Star is a great convener of them. They came to Cleveland and and were really impressed with the city. They, When you have these type of events, I will tell you, it, it one of the painful part of them, having gone to a number of All-Stars and Super Bowls and the like, is having to get on a shuttle and having to go 25 minutes from one location to the next or 40 minutes or some delay or whatever the case may be, which is pretty much the case in a lot of different markets. There are unique markets like ours, like New Orleans, which have relatively compact downtowns, have an incredible concentration of assets. And when I say assets would be venues, hotels, hospitality, uh, and, and everything supporting all that all within walkable distance. And that matters. That really, really matters when uh, you have this. All, the thing about this All-Star weekend uh, was that it was epic in that it was in historical and impress, unprecedented in the number of activities and events in addition to the core, what we all come to know in terms of All-Star Saturday and, and, and the game on Sunday itself. There was so much going on. And uh, literally, you can go start at 830 in the morning, go from one place to the next to the next. And to be able to do that with by walking uh, a matter of a few blocks versus getting on a shuttle bus and going 35 minutes from point A to point B and at the risk of a, a traffic jam in between, uh, which causes people just to say, I'm not going to go. You know, I'm just going <laughs> to I'm just going to go to the one or two events really is a huge uh, benefit. And the other part is we really outpunch our weight with the assets we do have. So uh, in terms of our market size, so you, you, you hear this often stated that we have, you know, assets that are that rival markets like Chicago from an experiential end. And uh, and that's which is true. And that resonates with people 
because they they uh, you know they get a chance to experience it firsthand. And uh, to David's point there, with uh, Baron and the mayor, you know, helps lead to other potential opportunities down the road. Many which we're probably not even aware of right now that haven't will manifest in the future. Yeah, and, and speaking of that tech summit, I remember I arrived there about eight thirty in the morning, and Bill Murray's doing comedy, and I just thought, okay. <laughs> You know this is a big event if they can get Bill Murray in Cleveland on a snowy day to do comedy at 8.30 in the morning. Um, but yeah, that was, a, that was a great fun. And um, I want to talk about something else. You know, you talk about a long tail, David, and, and you guys did a lot of diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives, you know, trying to, you know, kind of take advantage of the, of the opportunity that the NBA All-Star Game had to, to, to benefit some businesses that maybe nor- don't normally get involved uh, in major events. So I don't know if you want to speak to just the impact that it can have on, on Cleveland, not just in a perception standpoint, but in the, you know, just in helping those businesses grow and, and, and be more success, successful moving forward. Yeah. Joe, thanks for, for mentioning that. You know, for, for a, a number of years, uh, in, in a lot of our existence, one of the things we've realized, um, as an organization and, and now I think collectively as a community is how, how certain types of large-scale events like this can be utilized as a platform for other community change. And something that, that um, we, we've really worked on over the years, depending on what the event is, and, and, and manage, developing and managing community programs around these events unlike any other community does. Um, and we've seen it as a real hallmark of, of Cleveland, our ability to attract these events. And specifically with NBA All-Star Game, um, starting about two years out, um, uh, um, the, the Cavs and the Sports Commission uh, brought a number of entities to the table to really think through just that, how we use this event as a platform. And it manifested a number of different ways. One, as you mentioned, we spent a lot of time, and the NBA was really helpful with this, in helping to try and make sure that as much spending as possible from entities and people from the outside were spent with minority and minority-owned businesses and female-owned businesses. And and uh, uh, you know, we we did a lot of matchmaking, creating lists, um, and and doing everything we could that we had that resource and those connections in front of people who are going to spend money here. We also did um, a whole series of programs before and during the All-Star Week that were, were either taking the event out into our neighborhoods or uh, we held our Power Sports Summit. That was a, a, a three-day event, uh, morning till evening. No other city has done anything like that. A free event that had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people each day uh, um, with programs all throughout the day, uh, particularly featuring former NBA players and and executives, all focused on um, uh, um, talking about and elevating issues specifically related to diversity and inclusion. And we feel like it made the experience not only so much more rich for Cleveland, but more impactful for the NBA. Um, and and ultimately, we know that because of this, the All-Star Game, uh, as do many other events, will have a much uh, a more significant impact on Cleveland than just the dollars that are spent here during the time of the event. You know, just to, to build off of that as well, uh, and, you know, David, you touched on with the NBA. The NBA was a terrific partner. 
just to David's point, uh, looking at how to looking at everything from a Cleveland lens. How does this help elevate Cleveland as a city, as a community? How do we make this your event? And you know, even starts off with the logo, right? We have Terminal Tower, uh, uh, right, right in central part of the logo, just to really you know, one of the iconic images of Cleveland, you know, just even thematically along those lines. And that was really important to our chairman, Dan Gilbert, as well, about how do we use this to really help lift the city. But uh, but the NBA was a terrific partner all along with that in terms of front and center. Uh, as it relates to investment, as David said, investing those dollars in the city, every dollar they invest, how can we make sure it helps lift and elevate the city? And then, you know, the NBA has a major initiative relative to equity, with minority communities and a foundation that's actually been launched to that uh, effect. You know, with this as well, the uh, MBA uh, through their various uh, community-based programs invested over $3 million over All-Star Weekend. You saw that even with the game itself, with uh, the investments in the Greater Cleveland Food Bank, as well as the I Promise uh, Scholarship Fund at, at, uh, at Kent State. Uh, but in addition to that, we had another legacy project in terms of the renovation of Goodell Rec Center, uh, in addition to day of service projects with the Food Bank and Children's Book Bank. Uh, and then uh, with that and a lot of uh, and, and, and our, our vice president of uh, uh, DE&I and, and community engagement, Kevin Clayton, working with David's team, uh, we're able to have some first ever initiatives that were launched here as well. So, for example, the Real Black Friday uh, that was held at uh, Tower City with over 100, 126 vendors, um, black vendors with, uh, and it was incredible. It was like a, a, a super, super mega farmer's market that took over Tower City, but journeyed over $600,000 for small businesses alone in just 14 hours over the weekend. In fact, now it's going to be an event that we'll look to carry forward with at least on a quarterly basis at Tower City, you know, that type of impact. The first ever HBCU game. You know, we saw which was incredible environment and atmosphere there as well. Uh, so just so many different first, which and this is true to form. Uh, you know, we, we've had a longstanding partnership with David and his team on a number of events that certainly have come through here at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. But working with David and his, and his team as well, as far as on an activation end is at the highest levels you'll see nationally as far as what takes place. And. And we, we joke about like the prior women's uh, final four and how many of the activation elements uh, that took place then are now incorporated as standard parts of the, the bid process. We're, we're pretty confident going forward based on the scope and magnitude of this All-Star Weekend and so many new initiatives, especially from a DE&I perspective uh, that occurred, that, that are now, they're now going to become part of the, the standard event matrix of All-Stars going forward. So you want to talk about paying it forward. That's one of the great legacies of this All-Star Weekend is how it's really transformed the impact and scope and magnitude of, of what All-Star Weekend can mean for a community. Yeah, and, and it's, it's Len, I appreciate everything you're saying because it, it, you know, it, it is great for the community, but in, in the industry we're in, we, it's, it's fiercely competitive. These events don't just happen to land in a community, no matter how big or small. There is significant competition. Um, oftentimes, it, there might be 20 cities bidding up one year in one event. And, and we have found that this approach that we take as a community to elevating the events and giving them more importance gives us a leg up. Um, 
and it not only makes these events better when they're here, but it helps us stay um, as one of the top cities in America year in and year out for the hosting of these events. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to, to address, uh, you know, obviously, David, your, your job is to find outside events, but <laughs> the, the Cleveland Guardians are about to start their first year. We had a lockout that kind of dragged on. Why don't you speak to just uh, how, how good it is for the city of Cleveland to get that settled and, and to be looking at, you know, having those 80 home games a year to, uh, to draw some people from the region. Yeah, it, I mean, it's it's critically important. You know, the, the you know it, it goes back to what Len talked about about those two hundred fifty thousand seats sold. You know, the the, the Guardians play eighty one dates a year. Thankfully, they will still be doing that. And um, you know, when you, they're averaging, I, I don't know what their average is. Call you know, around eighteen twenty thousand a game. That's significant. And and the further you get into the summer, we know a higher and higher percentage of those people are from out of market. So it's not just suburban dollars being spent downtown. It's dollars from out of Northeast Ohio that otherwise would not have been spent here. And it keeps businesses going. It keeps jobs going. Um, and, and look, our community, um, and it's not just our community, uh, um, every community in the country, uh, nearly every major sports facility is in part publicly funded. It's just the way the industry works in our country. You can like it or not, but it's the way it works. And the payback the community gets oftentimes many, many, many fold it are the dollars generated by visitors coming into those events. And so, you know, had this lockout lasted um, and you, we weren't able to play 162 game season and for every game that was lost were, were dollars lost in the community, uh, not just the loss of, of a baseball game. You know, one, one thing just to add there, too, and uh, had a chance, uh, Tom Tom Chema was down in our building uh, here uh, last week and had a chance to catch up with him. And for those of you who don't know Tom, Tom was the original uh, executive director of Gateway, sort of the, uh, the person who helped weave all this together relative to what was then Gundarina and Jacobs Field initially. And this is really a credit to the, the city leadership and the community leadership at that point to be bold to be able to make that happen because... As you know, our, our friend Tom Yablonski, formerly of the Downtown Cleveland Alliance, now retired, would say, you know, the, the Gateway District was the area greatest disinvestment in Cleveland. You know, basically a series of par- surface parking lots, no commercial activity, no hotels, four eateries. Uh, that was basically it. No residential. And now it's uh, the largest residential deck district in Cleveland, nine hotels, uh, amongst the highest number of historically renovated hotels in the country. Uh, over 70 restaurants and just just billions of dollars of investment. And the beauty of it is was matching up the the two venues because our, our peak times are really through this point in time of year. We're a little bit lighter. We still have event activity in the summer, but the, you know, again, progressive field primarily over the summertime. So it creates that sustainable flow of visitor traffic, of people coming through the city and uh, in, 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 in downtown. And, and really helps make that work and, and create that epicenter of a sports entertainment district. So really uh, just a, a great amount of credit to that, to having the, the boldness, because we know, you know, the, the Cavaliers were in Richfield. The economic impact was zero downtown. And, you know, the potential of the Indians at that point going elsewhere was very strong. And you, you can only imagine, thankfully, what would have been that didn't happen if none of the, if, if the Gateway Project never came to be. 
All right. That seems like a good place to, to end on. Dan, why you take us over? I will. Guys, gentlemen, thank you, David, Len, Joe. Thanks all. It's always great to celebrate our successes. It's a wonderful thing to hear what sports do, not only for people, as I said, for enjoyment, but what it means for the economy here in Northeast Ohio. So it's always glad to get the good news. We're glad you could join us for The Landscape, a Cranes Cleveland podcast. I am Dan Paletta. Thank you so much for being with us, and we'll talk again soon. Thank you.